0: This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I believe
1: yeah, me? Yeah, Blessing yeah, when the land is more As long as to sleep yeah, yeah, me? Blessing yeah, when the land is more commessing. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, thank you for taking the time to listen to the Shrimp Net, the podcast of the Shrimps Trust, which our guest will be listening to for the first time to hear himself this weekend. I think. I'm um, joining Rick and Malty this week. We have the international globe-trotting folk hit superstar of the boardroom. Uh, welcome from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Clang, not Boston, Lincolnshire. It's our boardroom guru, James Wakefield. Welcome along, James. You're uh, you're getting a regular here, right?
2: Cheers, um Hi, Joel. Hi, Faz.
0: Hello. Oh, you're giving it away there. If people are listening, they, they, they're watching, they know it's Faz. If it isn't, they now know it's Faz. <laughs> uh, and to give us the lowdown on the current running, uh, the towering centre back and part time decent Tyson Fury impersonator, it's Big Faz himself. Welcome, Farron Rawson. How's it taking us this long to get you on, Faz?
3: I don't know. I'm a busy guy, I must be. I must be really busy, and I'm not, <laughs> so I don't know. Oh yeah, you've had some uh, good people on before me, so I'm just low down in the packing order, aren't I? Well, uh, well, I
0: I didn't say that. You know, I could <laughs> um,
3: Right, well, let's chat about
0: Oxford first of all. Um, a game where Oxford was it was it no winning nine. New manager bounce that we talked about. We don't know if it exists, but obviously Liam Manning taking over there. We've we've got his old charges coming up this weekend, which we'll chat about later on. But um, a sort of strange, a strange game in a way, for the simple fact that both sides were neat and tidy to the edge of the box, and then didn't seem to have any cutting edge. And uh, when they scored, I thought we were doomed. Then, Joel, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think that's a, probably a reasonably fair summary. Really, I don't think. I guess, I don't think any any n- neither side looked really cataclysmic. They weren't, you know, messing things up and. We kind of put to right some of the things that we did against Charlton, and in that, you know, whenever I think over the past couple of games, obviously against Charlton and Shrewsbury, basically whenever people have taken a set piece and it's not been in Faz's little area, then they've they've won the ball. But uh, we we've kind of rectified that, and everybody in the team was kind of win their battles. But like you say, we were playing some nice little bits of football, so we're at Oxford. But when it came to that kind of decisive final third area, there wasn't really too much going on, and then obviously. They get their little bit of a break. Uh, I think Lil stepped out to try and intercept a ball. He's not it's just got just gone uh just gone just gone a little bit past him and obviously they've gotten him behind and, and and opened up the space there. And like you say, it didn't look like either team was gonna really have much of a breakthrough. So you do get that feeling like where's the goal gonna come from? But then I think it was some good substitutes from Derek. It just brought on that, that it, not necessarily extra quality because we had quality players going off already, obviously like with, with people like we're, but people of uh, kind of similar level of quality, but also just energy. I think, you know, we've had over the past few weeks, I, I've kind of been thinking, I kind of came away from the game thinking this, like I remember when we had a week break before Bolton, we came at Bolton we, and we were so aggressive and we were really at them and we matched them so well across the pitch. And then in the game since we've not really done that despite playing not lesser opponents so I think in those weeks we've had kind of the Tuesday Saturday thing and I think you can see in some areas in the squad where we haven't got as maybe as much personnel you can see it's taken a toll a bit physically so just having those little bit of fresh legs to put on towards the end there just seemed to give us that little bit of energy and we find a bit of space and Hunt has done really really well to uh, to put that shot away because it's a good finish you know he's cut inside he's sent uh sitting there keeper going across the goal and cut it back you know it's a good way to uh finish and I, th- and I do think we should have had a penalty at the end it's not it's not like the most screaming stonewall one but he's dangled a leg out and cale's gone over it and, and, and that's a penalty it's not like it's not that much of a big it's not that much of a hard decision i don't think and it's disappointing that that's happened again but you know we've just got to keep fighting and doing what we can do even if the decisions don't always go our way and it
0: was a, a strange game James, it always looked like when they'd scored, it was going to stay at 1-0. And then, we, as, as Joel said, Ash got the equaliser and then we had a frantic last sort of six, three or four minutes of normal time and four added on. And all of a sudden, it was uh, it was end-to-end and it turned into an absolute cracker of a game. Both sides going for it. Yeah, I mean, it was
2: it was nervous, wasn't it, for a lot of the game? I don't know how it felt to play in it, Faz can tell us in a minute, but it, it felt like a game between two teams that really, really didn't want to lose um I agree with Joel I think the substitution made a real difference just gave us gave us just something different um a good goal by 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 Ash and and, I, and it was a penalty there, there is no argument about that and um, I think in a way and I'm interested to know whether Caleb said anything after after the game but it, it looked to me like he rode the, he rode the contact and then fell over and I think if he'd just gone over and then had not had that extra little step I think it would have been a clear penalty, but it looked like he, he looked like a dive because he he got the touch, tried to carry on, then fell over, and that's that's how it looked to me. But you know, one all I can't argue with with, with the scoreline, um, apart from the fact that yeah, we should have had a penalty. But you know, we're, we're not going to get a penalty this season, are we? We're still, I think, we're still suffering the curse the curse of that of that that playoff final.
0: <laughs> yeah, you,
2: you might be right.
0: I mean, the uh, my fact of the day is that the last penalty we got was against Wigan, and that was a year last Monday. <laughs>
2: Yeah, at least at least on the flip side, Connor keeps saving all
0: the ones that we concede.
2: So it's yeah, just
0: about right. balancing out. It's interesting you say that, though, because um, at the time, obviously, if you stood in the barter card end, you can't really see the far end and see if it was a penalty or not. But we thought, well, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But Ref just waved it away straight away. And as we were coming away, we got in the car and uh, I said to a couple of mates, well, I always watch the EFL highlights on a Sunday morning. I record them and then watch them. And I said, I guarantee you, there will be three penalties in the EFL that are less obvious than that that were given, and there were two in our division that were not as much penalties as the as the one we didn't get. But as you said, we don't get them because we're paying for the uh, Carlos Mendes Gomez Wembley Cup Final penalty. But anyway, so back to Faz. What um, was it? A difficult game to play in because it, it did come across like both teams were tentative and didn't want to really push that too many men forward. Uh, they were happy with 1-0 they were sitting back and saying what have you got and luckily we got back into it but then like I said it exploded in the last sort of three or four minutes of time and the, and both teams were like running around like chickens with no head trying to win it
3: No I think I think you love have all hit the nail on the head really is it, it was a difficult these these games aren't easy you can't you can't judge it really you, you, on opponents or who you're playing against. They have not one in nine, the, the manager bounce, everything is end of the day. Everyone, when you play these teams in a similar position to us, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a fight. Like, I think it's cagey. You don't want to lose. You, you don't want to, you know what I mean? Push too hard because what might come back the other way. But I feel like, um, it's just a typical bottom-of-the-league clash, really. It's, um, like you say, you're working each other out a little bit like a chess match. And um, like you say, we were we were playing, they would allow us to have the ball, we would allow them to have the ball. And it was a little bit of two teams cancelling each other out. And sometimes, like when they score, sometimes you need that spark. And I think with our record, obviously, when we, when we concede a goal, a lot of people think, oh, no, and we're going to lose the game or whatever. But no, it's about sometimes you need that little bit of a spark and um, they're obviously in the same position we are because they haven't got as much quality as the Ipswiches, the, the Chef Wednesdays and stuff to when they do score, they put teams to bed or whatever. And um it gave us that opportunity to, to work them out. And then obviously Ash scored a really good goal. But I think, it's just, it's just a, it's just a, a difficult, difficult game. Do you know what I mean? Because Oxford, at the end of the day, you look at their team, and it, it, it's not, it's a, it's a very good team. They've got really good players. You probably look at a team like that, and you go, they should be where they are, and they, but they're there for a reason. And 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 I think we we went toe to toe with them. We they didn't. Overrunners, over they didn't cause us too many problems apart from the goal. I think we got in at half time, and I think, like, what, apart from they had that free kick at the end where we cleared it off the line, they literally caused it. was literally one cross, it was one cross, one goal, and that's that was the most frustrating thing. But I, who, I think we all it off the who cleared it off the line, Faz. Um, someone who. <laughs> who's, Bold and got a beard, I think. He was a Great player in. He's a great player. I don't know his name now. struggling with that one. What, what, but no, what actually... What made you, you drop had... back onto the line? What made you drop back if it all gone? No, been... no, I, I've got to give... I was thinking it anyways, but I've got to give Rippers and the assist there 100% Rippers said... Because I think the angle of the shot, by the way, it was never a foul. I spoke to the ref at half-time and he said, he agreed with me and said he'll look out for it. More or less what happened, the ball got thrown into the striker and the striker's Pin him there. I can't do anything. So I've got my hands up in the air, and all he's done, he's grabbed my shirt, spun me around, yeah. and then run him with my shirt. I've got my hand up like this. And the, the day I can't let him run into the box. So I've like put my arm across, but he's got all of my shirt like that, and then he's hit the deck. Just completely hit the deck. i have not kicked him, not pulled him. He's just hit the deck, and the rest of the foul It wasn't a fat. And the refs said, Oh, look out for it. I know he's pulling your shirt and him falling over. So what did he do uh, it for? <laughs> exactly. But to be fair, a lot of the times you can speak to the refs, not out on the pitch. But for some reason the refs out on the pitch, they obviously I guess they have to back the decision, so they yeah. they stick with it. But then you get them in at half time or something, you get them in then. Um they um you can speak to them like people and they, they sometimes they're quite honest some of them aren't but some of them are like yeah you're probably right there okay um i think because they didn't, we didn't score from it he had a different conversation with me than yeah. if they maybe scored from it maybe he might have stuck by it and gone no 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 because he knows you've properly messed up there yeah. but back to what you were saying is um Rippers did say because all he can hit it. Rippers, I got to guard the front. So first, make sure you drop in. And I, I was like, I was gonna drop in anyways. I'll, I'll drop in there and cover this side. It's like when we do five O's. I'll go if they have a free kick. I'll go. I'll stand this side. You can cover that side. It's more or less was that. And then dropped. And luckily enough, it because it bounced in horribly. Luckily enough, it shinned and went away. Because you know them ones because they bounce in so quick it could hit you anyway and end up in the back of the net. Especially when you smash it, you just gotta like lock your legs on. Hope for the best. Just point forward like, if it goes that way. Oh, we we'll put that down to
0: good defending.
3: <laughs> yeah, natural instinct. That's what it is. Natural instinct. <laughs> Past defending. Past defending. But well, um, back, back to Oxford, I think, I think 1-1 was probably a fair result. I think as the game went on, we grew into it a lot better. And like I said, I don't feel... I didn't feel too threatened in the game. It was obviously... Putting the good, the good play we were having from the back to the front, putting the finish, putting the bow on it. Do you know what I mean? And Ash did do that, but I think we need to do that more. And obviously, finish, finish, finish off these good plays that we have, or these moments when we're on top, and, and we're feeding ourselves back into the game. We need to score more. But the Caleb thing—I was actually speaking to Caleb about it, and I think I think it's a pen, but I think it's really soft. I think yeah. it's really soft, but there's contact, and it's a pen. And I said the same thing, like what you said, about how he fell over. I said, because he's... Caleb isn't really like a, a mad diver. Because he's quite proud, I think, because it's obviously we're chasing a game or whatever, we want to get that winner. And I think it's the heat at the moment. He's kind of like, oh, can I can I stay on my feet and kick this? Yeah. But then obviously he knows he can't. But because of that action, he's like, oh, can I stay Oh, It just looks so unnatural. And it just looks a bit like, well, what are you doing? Like what you said, If he, if he just... If he just fell over, I think it would have looked. I still don't think we would have got it because we'd never get it. But it would have looked more like a pen. But no, it's crazy that we haven't had a pen. It actually is crazy. 12,
0: 12 months last Monday, but
3: um, it's crazy. They, I, I
0: think you're right. I think we all agreed. If we'd have got the penalty, we'd have probably bloody missed it. And secondly, I have to say, a draw was about right, wasn't it, guys? Yeah, yeah.
1: I think I think like like I think like if I said, I've, I've got the. The shot map up and very sorry the xg things up from the game and aside from that the goal there's nothing there's absolutely nothing in there so it's just that you know a slight lapse in defense and they've had a good little moment and, and that's all that, that that's done for it but aside from that they just did absolutely nothing and in fact, we we didn't create a great deal either obviously but yeah draw was fair enough and if we get a penalty i mean at this point in the season like if we get a penalty and win it, even though we didn't deserve it, who cares? Because oh, yeah, at any it. point in the season... I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, I'd take that at any point in the season. But especially but that's Rich how and... a lot of
3: these... That's how, honestly, that's how a lot of these games are decided. It's a set-piece, uh, yeah. a little bit of magic, shooting from outside the box, going through legs like Ash did, a little bit of magic. Yeah, um, yeah set-piece, penalty, a mistake. Uh, it, it, that's how these games... Because it's so cagey and it's so... People don't want to give away so much, and it's so, so like the game's so locked up. Yeah. It's like that's how these games are separated normally. It's it's normally a set piece, uh, oh a world, it is, or something that breaks it.
2: It's so tight. I mean, Ash's finish was a good finish, but nine times out of ten, that comes off an ankle or a shin and spins out for a corner and goes nowhere. I mean, like you
0: shot through through players. Unless you're Peterborough, where um, Peterborough, everything they hit went in, no matter who it hit.
3: Yeah,
2: (laughs) we had one of of those against Bristol, Bristol, remember?
0: Yeah, we did, did, but we did score four others. (laughs) Yeah, we did, yeah. Um, Right, so moving on, uh, this weekend, um, I'm rather hoping that this weekend we actually turn up at MK Dons and don't make them look like Brazil 1970, which uh, currently... Our result results against the two games we've played against them this season were currently six 0 down, and uh, if you look at the results we had against them last season, it's not much better either. So uh, I, it'd just be nice to score a goal against MK, wouldn't it, Joel?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know what I mean. Obviously, I can I, I understand why the results went the way they did last season because MK were really really good. They had you know people like Scott Twine, Harry Darling, etc. They're all gone now. But this season, yeah, I don't know if there's maybe a bit of overhang from last season. There's almost like, it almost feels like there might be some kind of little psychological block. (laughs) The the the, the Caravan Cup game, I think it's worth remembering with that one that that came just, I can't remember what Lee, I think we had a couple of tricky Lee fixtures around that time. It was a real kind of consecutive few weeks of Saturday, Tuesday. We had Sheffield Wednesday and the Cup coming up. And it was i mean obviously you don't want to make excuses for these things but like i was just going to say you've made them <laughs> yeah i've made them already i guess but like <laughs> it, it came at quite a bad time and hopefully that's not going to be a representation of, of what will happen this weekend i mean it's it's interesting looking at mk because they've got they've got the white the uh, the joint worst uh, home record in the division and we've got the joint worst array record in the division so it's really it really is clash of the titans here but yeah, something's got to give. Yeah, it's going I mean, no to be, yeah, be nil nil, isn't it? But, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, looking at, uh, NK, it's, it's interesting because they, they they really have stuck to their guns, like just looking at their style of play, some of the stuff around that, the, the kind of slow, intricate build up. They've really, really stuck to their guns with that. And obviously, this season, it hasn't really worked out. They've lost, obviously, some of the good personnel that they had last season. I think we all expected a drop off, but to be, the drop off to be this steep is is alarming. Now, obviously, they've won the past couple of games against uh, Forest Green and and Or Was it Cambridge Akron? I can't quite remember. But against a couple of relegation rivals, and obviously that's massive for them. Uh, but I think we we have to go and make it really hard for them and put that little winning run to an end and try and keep them back in the fight because you know we can't let them pull away. And uh, hopefully, we'll be able to stop them this weekend.
0: And uh, James, the hope for me is slightly better atmosphere than the Caribbean <laughs> Cup
2: game. Yeah, I mean, th- th- we talked about the MK last week a little bit. Um, I think actually what's what's been occurring for the last couple of seasons is a, a brilliant tactical master plan to lull them into a false sense of security <laughs> um, for, for the game that really matters this weekend. <laughs> So, uh, so uh, yeah, when when we when we come away with the three points, we can we can cr- credit credit Derek and um, and and John McMahon with with a piece of brilliant tactics. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just I just hope we go and play, um, and I'm sure, absolutely sure, we will. Um, the, the game away last season, where the result was not horrendous. Uh, I, I, mean, I, we I we got a kick, but <laughs> we never got. <laughs> a kick. I can't remember. I can't remember us having the ball in, in that penalty at no. once. So,
1: um,
2: so yeah, so let's let's just go there and get the three points, regardless of form or anything else. It'll be brilliant tactics.
0: And uh, and Faz, um, I, I come to you again, and I, I feel like a bit of a, a, a glory fan because I was obviously saying who cleared it off the line last week and who scored the winner and our only away win all season. So <laughs> what's what? what's been going what's been going on with the away form fast because some of the performances have been pretty good but
3: we can't get arrested i, I know i know it's it's a frustrating one but I, I, i've been a part of loads of loads of teams loads of seasons and these things happen i remember um, promotion pushing in league 2 with forest green and we we wasn't very good at home and um we didn't know why we tried to address it these things just sometimes just just happen and you just, you you can't really put a, put a, maybe the home because we're in front of the fans, you're at home, you know what I mean, you've got, it's what you're used to, it's, you know what I mean, it's that it's 12th man, because that is a thing, it's not, it's not a myth, when you're at home with your fans, do you know what I mean, and they're there supporting you and maybe you've got family in the crowd and stuff like that, it settles you down a little bit more, you feel, I don't know, you feel a little bit com- more confident maybe. There could be many of things, but no, the home the home form's not good enough. It isn't good enough, and we've we've spoke about it. We've addressed it. I, I do think personally the past couple performances, the ones I can think off the top of my head, I I do feel like the the good thing about it. So say Fleetwood, we lost one nil. Devastated about the result, but I think we battered him. I feel like we we played so much better than Fleetwood. They just got the goal. We couldn't score. Yeah, um, I agree. Like the performances, the performances are getting better and we're playing we're starting now because early on in the season we were weren't playing very well and we we were getting battered or we were losing but i feel like now it's it's looking a lot more positive because the performances are there and i just feel like i'm a, i'm a strong believer i feel like if you keep performing because i've i've been under a lot of managers that or only concentrate on performances not results i know we're at a different stage of the season now where results really matter like i would take a rubbish performance but a 1-0 yeah. win I'd yeah. snap your hands off it hundred percent but um the way I look at it is now with the away form is the performances are there now and the next thing to come is the result so I'm hoping that we can put all these performances that we've the good performances we've been putting in recently away put them all into to MK on Saturday and then get that result get over the line a, l- a little bit of look I
0: take what you say there and if I think if I think back to the like for instance the Shrewsbury game the Shrewsbury game was pretty even until they scored, and then yeah. they they got another one just before half time, But then Danny Crowley pulled one back, and then uh, somebody equalised and had it disallowed. Who was that? <laughs> Why do you keep doing that? <laughs> By the way, that was
3: never offside. Well, so I, you know,
0: I I looked at that and I I actually thought you were about half a yard off. To be fair, I did. Do you
3: know the thing. You know the only thing is, the, the what's not this uh, what's deceiving on the camera angle is where. Dunkley's position is he's not marking me. He's in front of me. Like I remember looking down the line, he's not level with me and Flanagan. He's literally a couple yards behind. Do you know what I mean? So that's the thing that I can tell because I'm there looking down the line. He's a couple yards behind. And the thing that I didn't get is obviously I spoke to, well, I tried to speak to the referee after the game, the lines when he made the decision, but he had a mediator in there. And you could tell he looked devastated. I think he knew he made a mistake there. Well, or, it's, it's happening to bit... us. It's happening to us all the time. Dylan but you, do you know did... the thing that's annoying. Even if I'm the tiniest bit offside, I guarantee you, nine out of ten teams they don't get that call. Cool it's no. just given, and then they look back. Was he off? Was he on? I should have been off. Should have. But it well, doesn't get given. Like, for example, the, the penalty decision as Caleb, I said this in the dressing room after I said, if that was Ipswich at home, They'd got and that. They, that decision happened to them, that was a pen against us, that would have been a pen. They yeah. did. All you've got to so, look at is Derby. Yeah. Do you know McGoldrick, I gave away a pen there. Yeah. I hardly no, never touched him. Never a pen. Hardly touched never. him. No. Caleb's was more of a foul than that. And he's lifted his leg up in the air. I've literally, if yeah. I've touched him, I brushed him like that yeah, on the top I know. of his foot. No, and he and went down like he was shot. Oh, he went, and then straight away, pen. And it's looking, going. But then you look at this. I'm saying is, is this? It's difficult. It's difficult to take sometimes. But I'm not going to be the guy to stand here and say the reason is we're not getting pens and we don't get the decisions. At the end of the day we've got to take some kind of credit. For, I mean, fault for, yeah. for where what's happening, but. Like you say, a lot of football, a lot of it comes down to is look. Yeah, I do believe you make your own look, but I do. These decisions, they can go one way or another, and if they go, if they, if they've gone the way we are, if you look at the season, we could have got a hell of a lot more points and been in a completely different position. Do you know if, if if that one's not given offside, it would have been two-two, completely different game. Yeah, completely yeah, you're different game. Do you because know, know what I mean? Back
0: in it, but I mean, like you say, these things happen. You do make your own look, so. If we go to MK Dons and and I take you what you're saying, we are all, all nodding when you say, "Look, I'd take I'd take result over performance every time." And if we turn up and we're absolute dog muck on Saturday and we win one 0 that'll do for me because I, I do, it doesn't matter anymore, Joel, does it? It's just about getting points on the board.
1: No, I mean ultimately throughout the whole season, obviously the results are all boring, But when when you when it's earlier in the season, you've kind of got like. You're trying to build something, aren't you? You're trying to put something together and you know that long, long-term, long performances, good performances will y- yield good results. And sometimes you can have bad luck on the day and that takes away a result. But you know, if you keep plugging away <laughs> with the good performances, then they'll probably keep coming. And that's the kind of thing that you probably do want to focus on. But at this point in the season where it is just, you know, slogging it out for every point we can get, obviously we want to perform better because good performances make you more likely to win but yeah. yeah you just it's just about getting the three points on the board i think i mean well, well i think we're at a point now where we're probably going to take it it's going to take another turnaround similar to the one we had last year yeah uh with, with that kind of little streak of form that we managed to put together and i guess that that was kind of done by good performances but also just kind of practical performances I, I, from what I can remember just, you know, making sure that players who could affect the game in, in an attacking sense, we in the right positions at the pitch. You know, we had that kind of that midfield of Fane sitting and then giving, uh, Wilding and, and Phillips that kind of license to push on a bit. And hopefully we can kind of just manage to find that little bit of formula to, uh, see us over the line for this season. Cause I think actually speaking on a wider point, uh, so that Signing Papi soiree that's obviously good because Melbourne's injured and we need cover at left back. But it's also good because it means we can shift Gibson into midfield a bit more, which I think is probably quite advantageous because it does free up your your awesome. shores and your wears and your Crowley's to be able to push on a bit more and get into those areas of the pitch where they can make a bit more of an effect.
0: Yeah, I, and I'm I'm with you. That was something I was going to mention in the fact that uh, soiree coming in as as uh, your your orthodox left-back. Gibbo's done well enough in the middle of midfield to be the sitter. Uh, and as as has been discussed many times, the season that he got out of League Two, his, pref- his preferred system was 4-2-3-1, so we actually had two sitters. But obviously, we haven't really got one at the moment. Gibbo's a sort of makeshift one. But I, I just wonder, and I'm going to ask James this, I just wonder how much um, is it just me thinking that maybe Jensen and Liam have played a lot more games than they anticipated. And because of their youth, they're sort of like reaching that point now where it's they could probably do with the rest, but we can't really afford to rest them because we've got nobody else to put in there. I don't know, actually. Um, you know, Faz might have a perspective on that because he's in the
2: dressing room with them. I, I get the impression from from both of them that they're desperate to play every minute they possibly can. I agree. Um, and, and, and at least now we've got options on the bench. So, you know, things can be freshened up just as they were last week, even if it requires a change of formation um but yeah I I don't know I I I, I was I was 2021 20, a very very long time ago but when I was 2021 20, you couldn't you couldn't get me off any any opportunity to run around so I imagine that they're in, still in that mindset
0: I hope you're right I just I just last couple of games I've detected just a little bit of fatigue there where um Liam both Liam and Jensen have been pretty sharp and whether it is just the fact that there was we starting a bit not necessarily running empty but the sort of like belief isn't quite as it should be. And that's just something I've noticed. And I'm just thinking is you know, Liam particularly, his distribution in the last couple of games is not his standard is absolutely really, really high. And it hasn't been I think, I think
2: I think it might it might it might be as much down to um morale and mindset as, as anything yeah. physical. You know, it's 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 tough when you when you get into the last what the last 18% of the season or such such now. And you feel like you haven't quite got the rubber rubber the green, and you know we talked about you know the fans' response, but it's it's not easy playing in front of fans um, who are who are you know feeling as negative as, as they are or were a couple of weeks ago at half time um, And these are young these are young lads, you know, the the people who haven't um, had have the opportunity to develop that that resilience that comes about from you know being smacked on your ass and getting up repeatedly. So I think I think I think it's going to be as much mindset, which is. You know potentially where the opportunity is because a, a result or two, and it can change entirely. Like you know the, the opposite of of all the things we've just been talking about, and how it's like a game of chance and luck and fine margins. Uh, two or three fine margins go away in the next two weeks, and we're in a completely different position. And then those young players, their tails are up, and you know suddenly Jensen smacking it in from from twenty five yards again. And I, I, I I think it's mindset. I think it, it comes down to mindset. If you can, if, we can, if we can get that lift, we'll 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 see a different version of those
0: players. And and Faz, uh, you're not exactly uh, ancient yourself, and yet you're one of the more senior players in the dressing room, aren't you? No, yeah, yeah
3: that's yeah, a strange yeah, yeah. situation, isn't it? 26, feel about 46 in this dressing room, <laughs> honestly. Honestly, but no, regarding what, what you were saying, honestly, Shorzy, Jens, they're top. Honestly, they're top. They're they what I mean by that, they're the class. They do it properly. They they recover right. They're doing it like not extras is in the way like that, but like getting the massages, recovering. Um, yeah. I think like you're saying, there's a lot of them. It's it's probably the most games they've played in the season or yeah. or whatever. But it, 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 I am firm. if you if you good enough, you're old enough, and it doesn't matter their age. They they look after their body right. They they eat the right foods. They they're in the fight with us. I think um, the, the a lot older lads, so me, Donald, Rippers, Cole, Gibber as well. Gibber's played a lot of games for his age. Like we all let them know that how important this is. But in all honesty, honestly, you are switched on lads. They, they they don't need they don't need to be told. They know they know exactly what they're um what they're doing yeah. and and the the quality that they're bringing out. I think you can see. So in games, in spells of games, you're going to have tough times you're going to have quiet moments yeah. it's not, some games it's not going to go exactly to plan for you especially when you're that age and you're learning and stuff it's it's tough and consistency is one of the hardest things in football being consistent week in week out it's, it's tough especially like you say with things that are thrown at you off the pitch on the pitch mentality it's tough but honestly these guys are they're, they're top they're, they'll be sound and they'll come fight in these last eight games 100%
0: no, that's good to hear, and obviously, this week a couple of games. Um, I was like an idiot, I was tipping us to uh maybe struggle a little at MK Don's, but I've just got this bizarre feeling that we're going to go to Barnsley and get something. And then I watched the Barnsley Sheffield Wednesday game and sat there thinking, Oh my god, look at these two! Because
3: honestly, was, like this league is crazy, you Didn't can't it? read it, you can't read this league. You Barnesy can go beat Chef. I'm not saying we're gonna go there and beat Barnes, but Barnesy can go beat Chef Wednesday, winning eight, nine, whatever it is in a row or whatever it is, and okay. come against us and struggle. It happens all the time, especially in these leagues. It happens all the time. Do you know what I mean? Form is important, like you say, it gives you confidence, get your tail up and all that. But end of the day, it's eleven against eleven. It's who turns up. Anything can happen on the day. Do you know what I mean? And and I don't think we go into I don't think any game we go into thinking even the, the top ones, you don't I, well me personally, you never go in there thinking, ah oh, this is good. No, you just go if anything, it gives you more of a freedom, it gives you more of one oh, then. Let's these are where they are in the league. Their their players are supposedly the best or up there in the league. Let's show me, let's see it. Yeah. That's more more like what the mindset is here at Morecambe. Was
0: it? Well, that's good because I I am, as people know, listening to this. I try not to I try not to tip anything because I am the worst tipster in the world. If I back something in the Grand Grand National, it ends up at the glue factory. I <laughs> I but the the point being is, I've just I've got it fixed in my head that no matter how how crap a season you have away from home, even the worst team in the world will win two, and we've only won one. So if we don't win at MK Dons, I've got it in my head. I am going. And I said this last week. I am going to Barnsley. I'm going to Oakwell. I've got a funny feeling that could be our where we turn up, get absolutely battered. Rippers saves everything. Three penalties. The, the bar, the post. We get two cent off, and we still win one nil. They are. I've said it. That, but I watched that <laughs> she- I, I watched that <laughs> Barnsley Sheffield Wednesday game, Joel, and I was sat there thinking, "Oh my god!" Because it was a brilliant game, wasn't it? Tell you what, actually, I, I forgot it was on
1: TV, and I was a bit bored in Tuesday, so I thought oh, I'll try and find a, a game local somewhere. So I ended up going down to Withenshaw Town and uh, <laughs> sitting, and it was it was absolutely chucking it down, and everything. I sit down, pop my phone out, I was, oh, okay, look at look at look on flash score, look on the uh, Barnsley game. It's on TV. I was like, oh, I've made I've made a mistake here, haven't I? So uh, yeah, a bit of a shame, but uh, I haven't watched it, but you know you, the quality of the two sides have. But incidentally, I thought exactly the same as you. As soon as I I was just checking my phone, obviously keeping an eye on the Accrington Plymouth score as well. Yeah. Uh, Accrington very handily managed to get another player sent off. Uh, but, um, well, but just a really record in the division. I know it's quite something. It's all coming in the second half of the season as well. It's weird. Anyway, uh, but I remember just seeing 2-0 just within the map, three or four minutes, two nil uh, two nil to Barnes. I thought, yeah, we, we're 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 we in a one nil win away here, aren't we? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna uh, just yeah, I don't know. Got a bit of a gut. You know, it's just one of those where, like, you know, team banging form, worst away record in the division, rocks up at their place. Yeah, it's football. You never it?
3: write it off. I think <laughs> on the point you were making as well, do you know about how young the squad is? Is I think that's that's a credit to us as well to 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 be able to, to well be where we are, compete at this level. With such a young squad, you literally just have to go through the squad. I think a lot of the time, I'm the, the oldest Southfield player on the pitch, and I'm 26. Yeah. And to be able to do that week in, week out, like what we're doing, obviously it's credit to the manager, the manager, the assistant, working with the young lads, working with us. Do you know what I mean? To do that week in, week out, I genuinely don't think there's many teams, especially in the top half, many teams in our league that are doing that week in, week out. I just don't think there is. Has Adam May have
0: packed his paper round in yet? Yeah. <laughs>
3: He's some player, by the way. He is. He is some he player. He really much is. He very much is. He, he's got I head think... on his shoulders.
0: We've discussed that more than once. He has got head on his shoulders. And he's yeah, a likable lad as well. And it, I know from talking to him and talking to his dad that he just wants to learn, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's, what, 18? This is his breakthrough season with how good he is now he'd all he has to do is keep listening keep learning he's, he's going to have bumps on the road he's going to make mistakes he's just got to bounce back and and keep developing and there would be no reason why he can't kick on um, well definitely in my mind no reason at all obviously he's a quite a quiet lad he keeps himself to himself but on the pitch and that he's, he can be very electric and he and it's just about like you say working on your game be staying hungry staying a nice nice kid and keep listening learning and Push yourself as far as you can go but yeah he's some player
0: right we're going to chat a bit about you now faz
3: um oh don't had, I uh, blush i went at 26
0: <laughs> 26 and you've had more clubs than jack nicholas hey, not that
3: bad
0: there's <laughs> a bit worse there's definitely oh, yeah, worse. There yeah oh yeah well, yeah yeah we have it's a strange it's a strange one because uh, looking at your history obviously and uh, the one thing i picked up on was uh the, the born in nottingham signed for derby
3: and i'm like i bet that went down well with the family. <laughs> No, I did to be fair. I'll never forget. My dad was like... So, at the end of the day, my dad was just all for it. Whatever I wanted, whatever made me happy, he'd go for it, 100%. And, well, it started off uh, playing for local teams. I was actually a forward. I was a striker. Yeah, I played for two Sunday leagues and then Nottinghamshire. I played for City Boys. That's, like, the Nottingham team. Nottinghamshire. I don't even know what it is. It's City Boys. A lot of good players have come through there, like the guys from Nottingham. So, like, Jermaine Penn and uh who else came there's some other ones I can't think of. Uh, Jermaine Genus, them yeah. kind of people came through there. So there's quite a few players come through there. And I was a striker and then literally I became centre half because I wasn't a very good striker, wasn't I wasn't I was on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> and then the centre half got injured and turned around anyone want to play and I just wanted to play. So I was just like, yeah. And then literally I only played five, six games and then I had a I got scarred by a couple of teams and the first team I went to was Leicester. But um I wasn't I didn't really enjoy well they were gonna offer me a contract, but then um I didn't really enjoy it, like the lads and that I didn't really gel. we didn't really get along, I was quite quiet, kept it to myself and I remember getting in the car and my dad said they were offering me a contract and I was like, Well, i I I'm not enjoying it here and he went, Right, well, that's it then. So then we left. And the guy was calling up, not, not happy, but my dad weren't having any of it. And then uh and then I knew a couple of people at Derby. there was a couple of footballers that I knew that I grew up with playing football with. So and I didn't know anyone at Forest at the time. I didn't know anyone. So um because they were the other two teams that were showing a little bit of interest to come down and train. And I think that's what swayed me towards Derby. To be fair, I was only 13, I didn't really see too much into the rivalry or whatever. And to be fair, looking back at it, big respect to my dad because he was like, Yeah, fine. The only thing he said to me goes, Yeah, fine, but if you ever he goes, I will never come watch. Derby playing because I'll only ever come watch if you're playing so yeah <laughs> that was his only you know, never so I had to go watch all the games obviously coming through the academy you had to go watch all the Derby games but uh, my dad would never come with me so I'd have to go with me, like, me Derby mates the other players and stuff but sometimes they'd come with their parents and that my dad would never come to a game only if I was ever playing said.
0: So your, your entire family are all, are all Forest
3: Club, is that right? couple Knox County most Forest yeah my first ever game was an Oxtite game. My right, uncle's so, a season so, to get well, older.
0: So go on then. Who, who do you follow? Because everybody follows someone. Forest. You follow Forest.
3: Oh yeah, it? take off. Yeah, definitely take up. There's a. It's quite nice in the dressing room at the moment because there's two of us. Me and Ash. Ash All is right. a die off. Yeah, he's 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 worse than me. I'm more of a uh, a modest Forest fan where I want him to do well. I've Watch a lot of games. I watch them whenever on TV because I know a couple of the players and stuff. And do you know what I mean? I keep in touch as much as I can with the forest scores and everything. And I want them to do well. Ash is die hot. absolute die-hard. i like literally in with the fans on the pitch when they got promoted. He is a die-hard. So I'm meaning <laughs> get along to be fair. Yeah, Meaning oh, well, mean, debates about it.
0: Well, I, I, I'm going to say to Dale, I want Ash on. I want Ash
3: on soon. There's <laughs> a bad one. I knew Ash when I was. Thirteen, he was at Derby with me. Really? Yeah, I met. No, well, just... I've, I've known Ash that long. I knew him. He was at Derby with me, and then he got he didn't get given a scholar. He got released. But yeah, I knew him when he was a thirteen year old. In he, he was probably actually bigger than he was now. He's probably did... actually bigger than he was. <laughs> that, he's thinking that, that was going to be my joke because when you I said say, I he got I, any I think I was going
0: to say you. You said before I think people shrink as they get older, and I said, well, what's happened to Ash? <laughs> 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 oh he's gonna kill us that. for that, but never mind. Yeah. Um, so then you, you went on and I read an interesting fact about you going on loan to Rotherham and playing for Rotherham and then they got fined for playing you without registering. Is that
3: right? Yeah, that was a that was a mad one. Obviously I got the loan to Rotherham, which was my first loan, which obviously it's in a champs, so I was I was buzzing, I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. I didn't I don't really think um I didn't think that would ever happen. Do you know what I mean? Normally, a lot of the people in my team would go on loan wherever, but what happened was um, I played in a resi game in a reserve. So, I twenty-three. 23s played against Rotherham's reserves in a cup, in some kind of cup, and then their record signing played that Clark Harris. Rotherham signed him, and he was the record signing, and I was, what, set, well, I was 18 at the time, played against him, and I, I must have done really well because... Uh, Steve Evans was watching and um, then literally I played a game in 21's Cup game against Southampton. We were having the weekend off, I was driving home and then I got a phone call off from the academy manager, Lee Glover. It was Lee Glover at the time and um, he just called me and just said that, come back, where are you? I was like, nearly home. It we went too far for me to be fair, was a 50-minute drive. But he was like, um, come back, you, you're going alone to Rotherham." You might be making your league debut this Saturday. I just played 90 minutes on a Thursday, and for starters, I I was oblivious to where Rotherham was. So I, <laughs> I was driving back. I had to pull over and search on my phone. I had to pull over and searching where Rotherham. And then I seen it was in the champ, and I was like, "Can't be them. I must have heard it wrong or something." And then yeah, I, I got back in the doors, and it was. And then madly enough, is I um, so. I then literally got in, signed the papers, was still thinking this isn't right, something's gone wrong here, surely. <laughs> and then um I was in the car, drove to Rotherham, stayed in the hotel, and then I thought I didn't think I'd start because I literally played on the Thursday and then next thing you know, I was in the change room at Cordesfield away. And he's told me I'm starting. And they haven't won in that. I think that's like a derby or something. They haven't won in ages. And then maybe they've been 1-2-0. So take it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly,
3: I thought I was going to get dragged at time. I can't lie. I was against uh, Vaughan. Vaughan and Ishmael Miller was up front for him. Oh, wow. 18. Okay. I had a nosebleed after the time. I was thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> it was crazy. Because I've gone from playing 23s football to then just walking out at at Huddersfield in front of how many was there at the time? And I was just like, wow. And <laughs> I thought Steve Evans was gonna drag me at half time for some whatever reason, you know what it's like at first start for, am I doing well, am I not? And then no, we ended up winning the game 2-0, so it was amazing. Or regarding the the it was the eligible player, wasn't it? Why yeah. I got that was crazy. So what happened was I was played quite a few games. I played like four games, I think it was. Obviously, it was back in a day when you could do the one the month loans. Yeah. So I was only there for a month at the time. And I remember I was on the bench against Birmingham, and I remember my loan was up. My loan was up after that. So I went and knocked on Steve Evans' door, and I just said, like, hi, Gaffer, um, my loan's up. So like I don't know what you want me to do. Like, do you want me to go back or whatever? I, was, I, I didn't really know how to word it to so I was thinking, like, what's going on? And he just went, oh, fast, Don't worry about it. We want to extend it. I'll sort it. Don't worry." So I'm 18. I didn't. I've never been alone before. I don't know how loans work. And but then the game was, was a massive game against Brighton on the weekend, and um, it was more or less just to stay up. If we if we get a, if we win this game, we stay up. Yeah. Um. And uh, I remember turning up to the game, still not heard anything, but thought, like I said, I, mean, I just thought nothing of it. And then all of a sudden, my name was on the board. And I was sitting there, and I'm starting, I'm thinking, right, um, well, again, I just thought, well, he's the manager, he knows what he's doing, and something must have been sorted. Like, didn't think anything. Played, we won one nil. Um, and I remember then just getting home on the Sunday, I'm knackered, having the like, obviously celebrating after and everything, I'm knackered. And I remember my phone just going mad. And it was actually Rotherham at the time. They called me to, Can you come back and sign some things? So I was like, Oh, you're kidding. Because living in Nottingham at the time was about an hour drive. So I always remember, I remember my mum would go to work. mum was like, What's going on? I was living at home at the time. And uh, I was like, Will you come with me to Rotherham? I don't want to drive my own. So I ended up driving all the way back there with my mum, just chatting rubbish in the car. <laughs> Signed all the papers and everything then. And then I, was, I got home, thought nothing of it. And then next thing you know, I'm not really savvy on my phone, and never have been. Left my phone, went to my phone, and my phone was like froze. My phone just went off. I think I was trending on Twitter. Supposedly, it literally my phone went nuts, and it all come out about an eligible player and everything. There was videos yeah. of me on um, on the socials and stuff like that, and then flipping. The thing is, is that they never even contacted me, Rotherham. It was Derby. Derby called me and told me to come in. And then my loan got cancelled then. They said, well, we want you to come back. Like, And then they explained everything to me then. But I was getting like death threats. We we're coming to Derby and stuff like that. Yeah, it was crazy because no one came out from the Rotherham side to explain. So they thought, so, you know how people can be sometimes. They That's thought, like, your fault. like, I've gone out there on as an 18-year-old on purpose, knowing all this stuff and played. And I was like, what? People were asking where I live and stuff like that. It Was crazy. But then the maddest thing is they stayed up after that. They got deducted the points or whatever, or fined or whatever. And they stayed up. And then he signed me for another six months after. <laughs> it was a winner, really. He thought it was crazy. I'm,
0: I'm, Honestly, glad it was crazy. Asked, I'm glad I asked that. Now that was a good story. Um. So uh, obviously you went back to Rotherham, and then you went. You been to Coventry, uh, and nobody likes being sent to Coventry, do they? <laughs> Um, and then you had time at Aki, and then you had a, a, a fairly successful period at Forest Green, and I remember, uh, I think I think Aaron Wildig scored a goal at your place, and we beat you 1-0, and you couldn't win at home, and I remember thinking about that. And that was yeah. when Mark Cooper was managing. You had a good side there, not Owen Archbold, and quite a few decent players, didn't you, at Forest Green?
3: No, it was good, honestly. I loved my time at Forest Green. Forest Green was probably the first time where um, I got to play week in, week out, season after season. Where before it was loans six months here, six months here, fifteen games here, twenty games here, fifteen games, ten games here. But it was the first time where I could constantly play games and, and get games under my belt and kind of grow as a player. It was weird. But um like I played fifty games by the time I was 20, 20 or twenty one, whatever it was, but it didn't feel like a like fifty games is like a season. Didn't feel like I played a season, do you know what I mean? And there it was it got me the opportunity to play the games and yeah, we we had some good sides. Obviously, when I first got there, they were ten points adrift and then we side survived relegation when I came in, which was a massive achievement for the club and and for myself, because obviously it was a bit of a worry sign in there, thinking oh, you know, we might go down and stuff. But uh you gotta just back yourself, I guess. And then after that, we had two two years of pushing for promotion, but we couldn't do what obviously Morecambe did yeah. in the end. Yeah, you know what I mean. We was, just couldn't get over the line.
0: It was a strange one, but like I say, you had a decent side, and I, I do remember <laughs> I was doing the commentary that night, and we won one nil, and uh, and then obviously the season after, we 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 drew. I think we drew two all, and Carlos Mendes scored sort of like two minutes into injury time, and. Uh, that was a good useful point for us there. But yeah. So with 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 your success there, was it a surprise when you when you disappeared off to Mansfield? Or was that an easy decision to make because you were going nearer home? No,
3: it it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't an easy decision because the near near to home thing I understand, but um it wasn't an easy decision. I I was living in I was renting in Bristol at that time. My missus, she loved it. We we just had our our little girl, she was born and it was in lockdown time and they we didn't I didn't find out to the last moment and I played a lot of games. I probably had my best season there. Yeah. And I thought, like, do you know what I mean? You never get caught. I was I was always like I think you'd ask me missus, she'd tell you, but I, I'm always very reserved and I'd always do you know if it I'd be like, well maybe this might happen, even though she'd be like, no, that would never happen. But at that time I genuinely thought they were going to give me a new deal and like I've been hearing good things and everything and then it was literally just out of the blue like I would have stayed I loved it I loved my time there I really enjoyed it like I say I played two and a half seasons I got in their team of the decade and stuff like that and the fans really liked me and I felt comfortable but then out of the blue I just got a phone call off the manager and he said they were cutting cutting the budget because of Covid and they couldn't offer me a new deal and if I need anything let them know and that was it really it was like a, like a five ten minute phone call well not even ten five minute three minute phone call where I was just I was a bit surprised and I was a bit shocked after but like I say I'm a, one door closes of one's open and then obviously Mansfield came along back home and it was um it was nice it was nice to to, to move back home and like I said I haven't been back home for so long and because of COVID and stuff, my my parents, my missus parents, they didn't get to see Amari at all. Really, that's my little girl, by the way. Um, they didn't they didn't get to see her till she was about one. It was crazy. So to be able to move back home, give us the, give us the opportunity to um, to make up for lost time with with Amari and and her grandparents and my family, my my sisters and brothers and my missus brother. And then we ended up having my second, my son, then back in Nottingham. So no, the Mansfield thing was was class. I, I enjoyed it at Mansfield. I had two two good years there. Played quite a lot of games. And uh, again, we just missed out right at the last bit. It seems to be just me. I, it must be me. It? it must be me. <laughs> we I'm get not... we get all the way there, and then we just yeah, miss out yeah. last minute. Yeah, but the the
0: positive is you avoided relegation with Forest Green when you went there, so that's what. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm I, I,
3: I look at my record with um, relegations and stuff, and I think personally, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. The what's it called? I uh, survived relegation at Forest Green. I survived relegation twice at Rotherham, and what was the other one? Oh, the one that I missed out on was Coventry. I got relegated with Coventry, so. Um, I think overall it was quite a positive, positive thing, really.
0: Oh, you Oh, you, you're happily settled. You've had two good years at Mansfield and then the opportunity comes up to uh, to play Derek Ball in in uh, League One with us. So how did that come about?
3: Well, the Mansfield thing ended, obviously. I got told a little bit before, to be fair, towards the end of the um, season, the manager said... Um, he was looking to go elsewhere it was nothing to do with me personally but obviously i wasn't i wasn't nigel Clough signing but so he wanted to go elsewhere he wanted to bring his own players in and stuff which is which happens in football and you have to accept and the day is you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea but i can't speak highly enough about him to be feared the way he dealt with me towards the end you know what i mean he called me up um Asked me how like if I need any help with anything, if he needs him to talk to anyone, if he can sort me out in any ways. When he was releasing the retain or the keep list, he called me before and said, "Is it okay if he releases it?" and wished me all the best and said his phone's always open. Anytime, give him a call. So he was he was legend. Made it a lot easier with me moving on. But um, I was actually in um, I was actually on holiday. I was a holiday in Greece. I was first first family holiday, which was uh, absolute carnage. Um, I was on Holiday and um, my agent contacted me and it was the. Uh, I think it was Greg Greg Strong messaged my agent before saying he was moving somewhere but at the time he wasn't allowed to say where but he says that he wanted to he wanted to make me the first signing at this club so it was a bit like well mini context here like where, where? it could be anywhere we don't know what it is yeah 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 so I didn't really You're think much of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, uh, I didn't. I didn't really think much of it. To be honest, but then obviously he came back and he said Morecambe in League One, which, for me, I, I feel like I had um, unfinished business in League One. I've played, I played a part in every league bar the Premiership and of, and the Conference. But like, I just feel like League One. Obviously, I was there with I Played fourteen games. And it obviously didn't work out as well as I wanted it to. So I wanted to to come in, I wanted to give it another crack. I wanted to, because I played so many games at League Two now, I felt like, when am I going to make that step up? Because I feel, personally, I feel like my performances in League Two and my stats and the amount of games I've played and pushed out at my age and stuff, I thought it warranted that opportunity. And like I said, I was very grateful that Morecambe came along. I spoke to Greg in depth. We had quite a few conversations and I spoke to the gaffer, especially, uh, in depth as well. And they both called me a couple of times and we, sp- we spoke about plans. We spoke about myself, where where I should be, where I want to be. Um, the attributes I have, where I, where I can improve on, on things that I can I can add to my game. And I really, it's normally the cliche where people say they sold me the club and everything. Do you know what I mean? But I, I do know a couple of people who have been at Morecambe before and... They've always said it's a very family, family-oriented club. Like, do you know what I mean? It's it's warm, it's welcoming. You can go there and you can play your games, and do you know what I mean? And the fans will get behind you, will appreciate you, and stuff like that. And and in all honesty, like I, I've seen it this season, I've seen it massively. I, 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 do you know what I mean? Some of the results haven't gone to plan, but do you know what? If we go out there and we show fight, which we've been doing, and we, we, we give it a right good goal, the fans follow, the fans get behind us. And and I felt that warmth. I have felt that warmth, and it's been really nice. So, the, the I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I know I'm just waffling on, but um, this is what I do. I just go on a little corridor and just go, just go off. You ask me one question, next thing know, I'll be talking about what I'm having for dinner and that. Do you know what I mean? But um, no, um, well it's it's good to hear that you have you know you've
0: from a from a fans perspective uh you've become a very firm fans favorite because and i think interestingly uh the charlton game we, we were listening to donald loves post-match and he said we've got to be better at set pieces because if not in if faz doesn't win it in that area it's down to the rest of us to win it in the rest of it and that that was a backhanded compliment because as as Joel will allude to, your stats winning headers is bloody amazing, isn't it, Joel? No, yeah, they're really, really good. I mean, it's it's
1: interesting that you mentioned Greg Strong just then because I remember when we had Greg Strong on the on the podcast for the first time. I think one of the questions we asked him was, "What's the hardest position for you to uh, for you to recruit these days?" And he said center back because you sometimes don't always find some of the more traditional qualities in in terms of that kind of defending your parts, winning your headers and stuff. I guess, like for you, as you know, coming through academies and whatever, not 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 too long ago, really, with how defenders tend to be coached more, is there was there a point where you kind of think, actually, now I just want to kind of you know head it, head it, and kick it, and and, and do the proper side of defending?
3: It's a difficult one, really, because like it, 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 all depends. Like I'd say early, I say early on in early on when I was younger and stuff, it was solely defending and I do enjoy that like one of my one of my idols growing up and it doesn't really ever really get a mention but it's Vidic I used to love Vidic I used to think he was quality never really get spoken about but I think he was vital to that man United side just because you had rear who looked good and did all the stuff and was a good defender obviously but um, I just thought he was the brick wall he was he was the one who would get his head in where it hurts and would, would block stuff would fight would stick his head in and tackle and crunch and defend properly Do you know what I mean? But, no, from from a younger age, it was more just the defending stuff. I'd work and I'd work on 1v1 grappling. When you say grappling, I mean dealing with a a physical guy, 1v1, a smaller guy. How would you deal with that? Getting your body in the right positions, being able to read things a lot better. But then when I went to Forest Green especially, they obviously played a certain type of football. I think you can all remember what they're known for. They've changed a little bit now under new management, but I guess that's because they're obviously fighting in different personnel and stuff. But um, it was total football and we would play back three and i never played in a back three before. But Forest Green, I'd play seasons in a back three and it'd be getting the ball off the keeper coming out with it playing passes so so i did that start i was out of my depth and i didn't feel very comfortable with it but as it went on i started to get better and better and better with it throughout the seasons with it and you've got to add both both parts but no i'm i'm i I'm 100 a uh i love the simple side of defending do you know when i watch games and that if i see someone and it, get, it gets unnoticed now because of the premier league and all this stuff i understand why but just being in the right position and and clearing it with your head but clearing it well and in right areas and stuff like that I love watching stuff that I love seeing stuff or putting your body on the line or 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 holding holding defender dominating a, uh, I mean dominating a striker and not letting them get a sniff without your team having all the possession it's uh, it's a, it's what I love I love I love seeing stuff like that I love doing that
0: what what we love is the fact that you can edit further than half our team can kick it. <laughs> what I love is that you, you you dominated Mr. Charles
2: against Bolton, and you the you are that you are the recipient of the only compliment that Ian Ever has ever played paid to anybody connected to more. I've Ford. heard
3: about this, but I, I never. I, I'm not big on the socials, so I think I don't know who told me it. Someone told me it, but I don't go searching. So I've heard he, he gave me a compliment, which is quite surprising because I don't think he really likes me. But uh, it be quite surprising. <laughs> Was, uh, you, did
1: was, have, was, you did have you did have the on your pocket. Yeah, I I, I, I was chatting to a, I was chatting to a fellow uh, a work who's a Bolton fan, and he was he was at the game, and he was saying that about that uh, every, every all the balls were who's this Tyson Fury? headed away all the balls into our, into Walker's box. So that you, is, go on,
0: go on, no, go on. It, it, it's it's always nice to get compliments, but you you seem quite quite unassuming, in the fact that you just you don't go looking for it, so you're not big on social media.
3: No, I've got it. I've got everything. All the socials, but you gonna ask them. You just have to look at it. My missus always says, "Are oh, you never going to post anything? What's the point of having it?" <laughs> and that's go, "I just have it. It's once a year, or whenever I move club. That's normally, or 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 sometimes I put my kids on it. You know, birthdays and stuff like that. But a lot of it, social media for me is to keep in contact with people because I don't have everyone's numbers in football. Like I've got loads of mates in football, and I don't have their own. They move different clubs, or I was only there for a short. So I don't grab their number. So I keep in touch with them on socials, or to see what they're doing, to congratulate them, or to say well done or whatever. It's mainly just to keep in touch with friends. I don't use it to search for me or look at certain things, and I I prefer that really because I do feel like social media is a good thing. But a lot of the young lads, I I think you were just saying about. other, other young lads might look at social medias and, and stuff like that and, and, and it kind of kind of can affect them or it can get on to them what, what fans will say and stuff like that but I just don't see why they look I don't look I just I'm happy with what I do I try my best every day I give it my all and I go out there and I cross the line and I want to be the best person I can be the best player I can be on that day sometimes it works sometimes it's not all human it happens but it's then when why are you looking out for the gratitude and stuff like that? You, you surely yourself you know if you played good or bad or you've had a tough day. Well,
0: that's but, that's the thing, isn't it? You're your own you're your own best and worst critic, aren't you? Because you know
3: how. To yeah. Be. Well, my dad will try and say he's my worst critic, but honestly, he <laughs> tells me I play amazing every game. <laughs> he goes, "Oh, son, I'm I'm definitely your worst critic. I don't think he's ever said I play bad." I look at him. I always well, yeah, you are, Dad. And I think in my head, Dad, you've never said I've played badly. I don't know what you're about. <laughs> I,
0: give away, I give away two penalties in an own goal.
3: <laughs> It'd be like tough looks son. Thought you had a solid game,
0: though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joel, Joel, what else have you got? What have you, else have you got to ask, uh, Big Faz?
1: Not to, to, to us. I think we've we've been quite comprehensive. I'd say not too much, really. I think,
0: uh, yeah, I think we've kind of gone over it all, really.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, look at that, Faz. Ask two questions and you've done it all.
3: No, no, i am told you, I'm easy. I'm easy. I know, uh,
0: no, so I've heard.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, uh, moving on, um, we'll look, I'm looking now, uh, something I do want to talk about, because it, it's coming up, uh, Morecambe, Morecambe Ladies, uh, Morecambe Girls FC, um, they're, they're at home on Sunday to Workington, and it's the first time. They must be excited because they're playing at the Mizooma, obviously we're away at MK Don's. Uh, And we've been sort of like chittering on about this for about the last sort of three podcasts, because we had Nick and Sophie on and uh, Becca Baldwin, who's the captain. um, And that was a really nice podcast. And we promised that we'd advertise the game. And it's this Sunday. uh, And uh, both Joel and James have got behind it and said, you know, if we could uh, if we could at least equal Lancaster City's Giant Axe attendance. Uh, of about 200 250 then that would be smashing um and it, it's been it's been sort of lurking in the background for a while James and it's finally arrived this Sunday
2: yeah it's brilliant
0: if anybody's not seen the video of of, of Becca
2: and um, Natasha um that's on, on the club website it's worth a look um you know you, you really get a sense of what it means to them um as we did from 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 Sophie and from um, from nick and from from Becca a few a few weeks ago on the pod uh but yeah it's it's a mass, it's a massive thing it's it's the first of 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 obviously this this happening more regularly um i just urge everybody to get down there um mainly to show support for mfc uh, women but also to to beat
0: Lancaster's gate yeah and the and the, the, they're putting pies on there's the full thing everybody everybody uh, everybody should go i mean I, you know I've got family over, but I'm still hoping I can sneak down. It's two o'clock kickoff, Joel. You, uh Difficult for you in Manchester, but uh, it's a great initiative, isn't it?
1: No, hundred percent. You know, it, it's good that that more women have kind of properly been brought under the umbrella. Obviously, the team itself has been operating for a long time under under Nick and Sophie, but now to have it properly integrated with the club and then have the things that come with that like you know the the, the kits some of the sponsorship and uh, and now obviously kind of peaking in playing a game at, uh, playing a game at the ground and it, it'll, you know hopefully we will get those good numbers and i think it's been said that uh, the tickets have sold relatively well so hopefully it'll be a really really good day and actually i say peak at playing Mazuma actually hopefully it'll go keep going on to further heights because and this is just the kind of start of keeping building that relationship with the women's team
0: yeah i hope so, and. Uh... They uh, recently appointed an assistant manager in uh, Liam James Brown, and he contacted me on uh, via Twitter saying that he listens to the podcast and wondered uh, if he could get somehow get the women involved. And I had to send him one back saying they were only on seven weeks ago, but they only appointed him a month ago, so he didn't realise. I don't think, but uh, so I thought i will give Liam a mention because he lis- listens. Thank you. But a um, good thing, good thing for the uh, the chaps to get involved in as well, uh, Faz. The, the more can uh, women playing at the Mazuma same kit, same banner.
3: Uh, and guess who uh, guess who sponsors their kit? Uh, it's definitely not me this time, so it's, well, it's like... not
0: you, it's not you, but it's your looking like It's Tyson Fury. <laughs> I don't yeah. think
3: he likes that, you know. I don't <laughs> think he likes that. He's not having it. I don't think
0: that was that was so funny. That picture, that picture of you and Donald Love. Donald i
3: thought he was good banner but i don't know, I I know as tiny as he possibly could suddenly. he's giving me some dirty looks and so i'm joking i actually never met him i'd like to meet him but you never know if we pass i ain't gonna i ain't gonna force it well, <laughs> you, to be honest i i took my dogs out on uh on uh,
0: morgan prom on monday and he was out running with his entourage on morgan prom
3: on monday morning so uh, yeah he, he puts in the work but no, regarding regarding the women Hundred percent. Everyone should go support because football's football. We all love football, and and at the end of the day, women football have been making massive strides, and it's nice to see because this game's for everyone to enjoy. Do you know what I mean? And and there's some there's some really good players. Do you know what I mean? And and I think as 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 a club and as a fan base, we should support all sides. Do you know what I mean? One hundred percent, and we want all our teams to be successful. So, now go make a massive atmosphere, It'd be amazing. Yeah, hopefully, fingers
0: crossed, James. Fingers crossed, but good luck, girls. Good luck, Becca, and well done to Liam, Sophie, and Nick. Uh, they've had a pretty successful season so far. Let's hope it continues in front of the crowd. I hope. I hope. Uh, it's an old football cliche, but I hope they play the game and not the occasion. Yeah. I know that Becca and the girls are quite excited about sort of seeing the names on the scoreboard and uh, when they line up and kick off and what have you. And it's a big thing, isn't it? It's is massive. It is. am uh, chuffed to bits for him, so I'm hoping to be there. So uh, hopefully I'll give you a report next week. But uh, James, anything from the boardroom? <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm not going to ask you the usual thing. So you tell me what you want. <laughs> Well, there's been there's there's been no no major change
2: and no major update um, on on the the, the process of, of um, finding a new owner, um, so we're, we're all being very 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 patient. Um, uh, aside from that, a um, little bit of good news um, in the Think Fan Engagement in, in, um, Index, we've gone from um, lower lower mid table. Um, last season, or in the 2021 season, um, up into the top third or close to the top third for for last season, which is testament to all the hard work that um, that Anya and Ben and everybody associated um, behind the scenes uh, has been doing over the last couple of years. So we're up on the fan engagement side, which is great. Um, I think you can probably take a little bit of credit from that for that yourselves for for doing this pod and everybody else who's. Who's doing a better job of engaging people with the club? So that's some good news. Um, aside from that, there'll be um announcements in the next next few weeks around things like um season tickets for next season and other 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 things. So everything carries on regardless of of the distractions in the background. Um, and as I said last week, just massive credit to, to Ben and everybody everybody works behind the scenes for just getting on with the job. Um, so yeah, that's that's all that really. Um, and I suppose you know it, it a, a lot's going to rest on um us getting the points that we need, which we're obviously going to do over the next eight games.
0: That's what I like positivity and also um, it, it, for for those and there are plenty on social media who are, who are doubting the efficacy of the of the uh, EFL procedures that are now in place for new owners uh, just uh, just do some digging on Sheffield United and see I think they've certainly tightened a lot of things up there because when I read about Sheffield United the, the, jump, the hoops they're trying to jump through and the new owner doesn't look like it's going to be successful because of that uh, it does look like they're uh, they're definitely trying to put the house in order Joel which is about time
1: isn't it yeah it's good to see you know I think they've they put out a statement in, rela- in relation to our takeover about a month ago now uh, making making it clear that they are going to be a bit more uh, more diligent than they perhaps have been in the past and you know everything everything things I've kind of heard and read and just reading the situation it, it does it does look that way so yeah, I mean it's, it's what it's what you want for the betterment of not just us but for football as a whole, and hopefully they they keep they, they keep doing that.
2: I was I was I will just say on on that as well, and because um, you know pe- people make statements um, on social media without necessarily doing the research. Um, that the, the, pe- the there's been a bit of change at the EFL in the last couple of years. There are some people um, now in roles who are taking um, governance incredibly seriously, and that's that's to, to that's to the EFL's credit because um, it needed to to be tightened up and improved on. Um, what was happening before that and then obviously the 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 regulator is is actually on its way in now you know exactly how and when uh, it'll transition in um the, the fact that that white paper, white paper was published, published by the government and all of the measures that are described in that I mean it's in everybody's in football interest not just the EFL but also the FA the yeah. Premier League even the PFA all of them are going to have to um, pull pull the socks up and get their act together because a regulator will come in and the 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 the, the bigger mess um, certain organisations are in as it does the more that regulator will get will will need to get involved and I've just written um, or drafted our, our response to um, the various points that were in that white paper. And it is. It's it's good for football. And I'm not talking about this from a Morgan perspective or a current mm. or a process perspective. I'm just talking a general perspective. The game doesn't the game doesn't work as it's structured at the moment. It's a it's a stupid casino where everybody's everybody's encouraged to gamble more than they can they can afford, and that's not good for for players, for fans, for clubs, for towns. So yeah, that 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 re, that regulator is coming in, and therefore there's a real real incentive for every um, governing body in the
0: game to to pull um, pull the socks up, which is I think what's happening. Good, I'm, I, I'm glad you think that because uh, obviously, uh, you know, looking at the little bits that I realized that the, there's definitely been a seed change in the attitude because they don't want to get it wrong because of that white paper. Uh, Joel, anything yeah. from the trust? Uh, not too much to update on this week. Uh, thanks
1: to anybody who helped out with the flag on Saturday. That was quite a last minute thing that we ended up putting together, but obviously, it's a really great thing to do. Obviously, if you see, I mean, unfortunately, the people who actually helped put the flag out. Uh, they don't actually get to really witness it as much no. and, and see it properly but for while i sit in the main stand it, it looks amazing and it really does help give a bit of a boost to, to things around around the ground and uh secondly just another another plug for the uh, the race night that we're doing after the plymouth game on good friday i'm not too sure if there are many uh races left i think they might have all gone but you'll have to double check so if, but obviously if you're interested do get in touch uh either uh, through troops trust social or email or or get in touch with paul carter Uh, it's 25 pounds a race and you choose the name for the race and the name for horses but otherwise yeah that's pretty much it from the the trust this week
0: well that's uh it's about time we rounded up and disappeared then isn't it Uh, big faz an absolute pleasure to have you on um it's taken some time to get you on but but it's been fantastic i hope A, you'll carry on listening, and B, that you'll come on again when we've survived.
3: Yeah, 100%. I'll I'll come on 100%. Just just let me know. (laughs) I'll probably be down on the pecking order, anyways. But yeah, let me know. I'll I'll come on. No, no, no. I've enjoyed it. It's been nice. I'm sure you've got a million and one
0: stories that you haven't told us yet.
3: Oh, loads. i have got loads. Loads of stories.
0: That's, That's what the fans like. So that's good. So thank you to James. Thank you to Faz uh the usual thanks to my my uh, cohort here who does all the hard work behind the scenes in joel this has been Shrimpnet 31 thank you for listening join us next week when we talk about that amazing performance against mk dons that i don't know do.
3: <laughs> and the hat trick <laughs> oh don't say
0: that <laughs> thanks for listening